In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. One, two, Craigslist coming for you. Three, four, Carla bolt the door. Five, six, gonna talk about flicks. <laughs> Seven, eight, Carla's quotes are great. Nine, ten, Benny's barking again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot how this works. Well, it's been a while. It has been a while, Craig's listeners, but we're back. We're back. Yep. Uh, for a Craigslist month of horror. <laughs> we're divorcing and... <laughs> we're here to tell you about all the horrible things going on in our lives. No, it's October. Rocktober, if you will. <laughs> and Carla, what are we doing? Well, I said I want to watch a scary movie every day or something that's inspired by Halloween every day of October. October? October. <laughs> so, guys, since the last time you heard us, Carla has uh, gotten Canadian citizenship and is speaking accordingly. And so, uh, we decided to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> commit to the bit. Uh, to watch a new movie every day, but we don't know if we'll really do it, but we're going to try. Oh, that doesn't sound like us. I mean, this <laughs> is the same couple who, Toward the end of the list, we were, we were averaging about one movie every two months. Well, yes. But that's because they were real serious movies. <laughs> <laughs> but now you think we can do 31 movies in 31 days. I love I love something that can be achieved in a month. That's okay. all I'm saying. All right. I love a goal that's going to be either done or not done in 31 days. You've been more gung-ho about this than, than me. And I, I've been impressed with how organized you've been on this. We were like getting together some plans about this. I mean, I still didn't do any research. <laughs> no, that's all on me. That's but. all on you. Uh, but yeah, I have, I'm excited. Like we need some excitement in our lives. <laughs> Quarantine <laughs> has been a long, a long journey. How long to do you nowhere. think? How long do you think the last episode of Craigslist was ago? I was really just thinking about this today, maybe a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> that must be very wrong. If it's you're so wrong. It's so wrong. I mean, <laughs> it, it was about six months ago. Really? We yeah. Were, we were in quarantine. That's I was convinced that we had put out that final episode, the Schindler's List episode, my number one movie of all time, that we had recorded that before the virus and the pandemic and everything. But no, we put it out in April, so I don't Whoa. even I don't even recall what we what we talked about. I mean, we must have addressed that it was the pandemic because the second to last episode was The Godfather with Kevin Pollack. We went over to his house to oh, record right. that. Yeah. Was it the virus starting to rear its ugly head around the world then? It, it must was. have been. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, we had dinner with him 
shortly thereafter, right? Yeah, and it was like the weekend before everything got shut down. Yeah. So yeah, so that makes sense. We might have like recorded it like one or two weeks into quarantine. I don't know. Schindler's just, List? Yeah, I just don't remember talking about it. Yeah, I think we were like three or four weeks in at that point. Yeah. Here's the thing. We could easily go back and listen. <laughs> we could. It exists. It's out there uh, on the internet. I, I'm just trying. I really thought it was a year ago. I mean, when you say that, it, it, it feels that long ago. Yeah. Because the world has changed in, in that Significantly. time. But when you said that we did that with Kevin Pollack, the second to last one, I was like, oh, yeah, that was, that was this year. Yeah. So... We're back to talk about movies again. First of all, we hope everybody's doing well. Yeah, how you doing? How you doing, Craig's listeners? We missed you. Yeah. I think it also we started to get some chatter on on the uh, on the Twitter page. Yeah, people were asking if we would. I thought we made it pretty clear we wouldn't do anymore. <laughs> the last one, I do remember that me being like, "No, I'm done. I'm pretty done." But here I am. Here you are. You're ready to talk about movies I am. again. That's great. Uh, how have we handled the pandemic since April? Um, we never leave the house except for to drive cross country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we occasionally we'll go out and run an errand or two, or we might drive completely across the country to North Carolina. So in June, we decided we couldn't be in this apartment any longer. And, and couldn't be in Los Angeles. Couldn't be in Los Angeles any longer because the numbers were just getting bad and we just knew a lot of people who were getting sick. And so fortunately, your family has a vacation home, yeah. which is incredibly lucky for us and I'm so super grateful for. And so we spent three months in North Carolina. And now we're back. Had plenty of time to watch plenty of movies and do plenty of podcasts, but did not bring the Zoom recorder. <laughs> we didn't. We, no, we didn't. Uh, we did watch a fair amount of movies there. Yeah. And I have started to work on revamping the list. I mean, maybe there's some people that have for six months been at the edge of their seats of like, when is the update of Craigslist <laughs> happening? Uh, I can give you this update okay. so far. Um, and I think I may have said this on the last episode. There as there will be as many as sixteen new movies. Wow! I don't know if there will be that many, but that's I, I think I've designated eighty four movies as definitely staying, meaning there's sixteen slots that are up for grabs. I have since replaced three of those slots. One of which everybody knows because we talked about it on the Star Wars episode, which is Empire Strikes Back, is back on the list. Okay. The other two I will not reveal because maybe we'll do an episode about them okay. at some point in the future. So that's where the list is. And I have heard rumors that there is a Carla's list in progress as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. That was a project that you undertook at the Lake I House. did. I started to be like, you know what? I'm going to come up with my list. And I did it for two days and then I forgot about it. <laughs> Though I think you came up with a hundred movies, right? Or, or close. I did, but like, here's the thing. Here's why I don't like lists is because I change my mind so frequently about, I don't, it's not that I change my mind, but on a given day I can really love or really just be whatever about something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm afraid to like put anything out there. That's not that anybody cares or is even paying attention to what I say, but it does make me feel nervous. Also, let's be real. Like the list wasn't that impressive. <laughs> Meaning there were a lot of like, I don't know, movies that maybe 
aren't as good for everybody else. Well, I think you distinguish more than I do about what is cinematically accomplished and what is just brings you back to a particular time in your life when you love something. Yeah. I mean, for me, best, my, my top 100 movies isn't necessarily the best movies that have been made cinematically or technically. It's more like, I really enjoyed that. Whether it made me cry really hard or laugh really hard. Yeah. It's something that I can, it's, it's rewatchable. It's based on rewatchability. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Cool. I think I've said this several times already on a podcast, but now I'm, as somebody who likes to quantify things, I'm actually mm-hmm. intrigued by the possibility of quantifying some of these feelings. I mean, that you've had. Are you saying publicly that you would do a hundred of my favorite movies? <laughs> <laughs> is that what this is leading to? I would commit to that. Sure. Wow. Though, I mean, some of them we would have covered on the podcast already, either as one of also one of my favorites or right. as one of the movies when we did Carla's List episodes. True. So it wouldn't have to be a hundred. Remember how we watched Tremors this summer and how much you liked it? I really liked it. I had never seen it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what, cer- those are the kind of movies that are on my top one hundred. <laughs> that's certainly one that that we could cover. Uh, another kind of minor development that was interesting that we started at the Lake House is my family has a movie club. Yes. Now, which is my my parents who are in their late seventies, my sisters uh, who are younger than me. Uh, my Danish sister, uh, who was a foreign exchange student with our family, and, and her husband, they live in Copenhagen. Yep. And uh, my nephew, who is 17. Yeah. Uh, and is a real film geek. Yeah. Uh, and is really well informed and watches really cool and interesting things. So yep. it's kind of a multi generational film club ranging from like 17 to 79. Yeah. It's been really fun. I've kind of been in and out, but as I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's not just me and the Kikowski clan right? who's nerdy about movies. Right. We've watched some cool movies in that club, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. What sticks out? I finally watched Do the Right Thing. Oh, yeah. Which I embarrassingly had never seen before, even though I've seen other Spike Lee films that I've enjoyed. I, that was That's kind of like the iconic one, right? And I'm glad that I finally watched that. Yeah. That was my mother's pick, right? It was. <laughs> Because she had never seen it. Yeah. So that was cool. And also to hear um, Jeanette and Andreas, who are Craig's uh, foreign exchange student sister and brother-in-law, um, just their takes on American film and how it relates to their yeah. culture was really interesting. And American cultural issues, right. too, and political issues. Yeah. And then hearing Danish political issues and cultural <laughs> challenges, I guess. Yeah. Which is, uh, I mean, certainly they're, they're another country with their own struggles, but it all, all it does is make me more envious of like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I wish we had that nationalized health care. Well, we were all like, I mean, we've been quarantining, obviously, and they're just like moving Live about. Live their lives. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the goal for this month? And what are we going to call this, by the way? <laughs> we should- Spooky times. Craig, Craigslist spooky times? Craigslist spooky times. In light of anything better, I think that's a good placeholder <laughs> but name. But you have to say it like spooky. Craigslist spook. How many O's in spooky? At least 10. Okay. <laughs> Why are you typing this right now? <laughs> so I can remember Craigslist spooky times. So we're going to watch it. You 
uh, made clear it's not necessarily horror if it's Halloween themed. It's exactly. good enough. Yeah. If it's got some sort of, um, like I want to talk about monster movies and zombie movies and horror movies, but like we don't want to do sci-fi movies this month. Like that's not part of spooky times. Yeah. But even like in amassing a list of possible things to do this month, like horror is kind of a very fluid genre. It is, and yeah. it's it's not easy to chop up into categories. And though there's certainly like subgenres like slasher that seem pretty clear, but then the lines get blurred, you know. There's psychological horror, there's like as you said, zombie and vampire and what is horror to you, though? Like, when you think of an archetypal horror movie in Carla's life, what is that? Here's what it is to me, and I am not saying this is how it should be or this is how I want it to be for everyone. But when I think of horror, I think of – I probably the closest thing I think to is, like, slasher, mm-hmm. slasher films. Which is, spoilers Murder. ahead, what, what, we, what we watched for this first yes. uh, episode. Yeah. That's what I think of when somebody says horror. I don't think of Alien – like other people consider Alien to be a horror movie. That to me is a sci-fi movie. The first Alien, 1979, Ridley Scott is to me is yes, definitely a sci-fi movie, but also yes, definitely a horror movie because it's people getting picked off one by one by a creature and because it's horrifying. It's horrifying. Yeah. But even like looking at like all-time best horror movie list, it has things like Jaws and Silence of the Lambs to me, which like while being very scary movies, yeah, I think are not those horror thrillers. Yeah, Sounds of the Lambs, definitely a thriller. Uh, and Jaws, I guess, thriller too. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, it's not that thrilling. No, it's, it's incredibly <laughs> thrilling. Um, a couple of the characters in the movies that we watched for, for this episode are kind of shark-like in a sense. And yeah. they're kind of like just primeval symbol of evil killing without any motivation or backstory yeah i'm i'm flexible on this i'm willing to for my um maybe maybe this is all in search of what is a horror film (laughs) to us like really figuring it out and coming out on the other end with a definition did i just put too much on our plate oh god Uh, (laughs) that does sound like a lot of work um i guess to me and if you look at the uh, – on Craig's list that we covered already, I did not have a lot of horror on my list. Did you have any? I believe I had two that would definitely oh, qualify. Poltergeist. I would consider Poltergeist and Psycho. Yeah, Psycho is tricky. I, I don't think of that as a horror film, but that's – but it is. Like, why wouldn't it be? It's I'm, clearly the forerunner of the slasher genre. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it must just be – because I think of it as like some sort of prestigious – maybe that's – It's Hitchcock, but it was – Kind of considered trashy at the time. It was considered like that he was going lowbrow for Hitchcock. So maybe that's part of it too for me. Like with horror films, I kind of think of a little bit more like trashy. (laughs) Maybe not totally edited together well. Or (laughs) We're going to cover three movies today. And they were all independent releases at the time that they came out. They were all relatively low budget, made 50 times their budget back, you know, in receipts and all became franchises of of multiple movies but yeah i think they were definitely considered uh certainly not prestige and like even a little like you know like b movies i guess they're b movies yeah yeah that's what i was trying to say that's the word that's the word b movies i guess for me the kind of horror that i seek out is a little more like gothic and psychological and i think i like ghost stories better hmm 
Um, I like a good haunted house yeah. story. I like there to be an element of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And I think only one of these three movies has a supernatural element mm-hmm. to it, which is, though it's maybe debatable as you get into some of the sequels, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, I think also, and clearly if you've been listening to the Craigslist podcast, you know that my tastes are a little more highbrow in, in general. I'm not saying that I'm, uh, to be better than anyone. I'm just saying that I'm saying sn- that you're better than me. <laughs> I'm just saying that I am snobby tastes. Yeah. Um, and one of these movies I had never seen. In fact, I had never seen a single movie in the franchise. Wow. Uh, I guess now we can reveal what they are. Probably also it's listed on the episode, but. <laughs> Today we're covering. Forgot how this uh, works. <laughs> today we're covering Halloween, mm-hmm. Friday the Thirteenth, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, we so watched all three. We watched all three in three nights. It's October fourth today, so we watched those on the first, the second, <clears throat> and the third. If anyone's keeping score, we did it, Carla. We're gonna do thirty-one movies in thirty-one days. There's no way we're gonna fuck this up. <laughs> I can see it being October 28th and us being like 10 movies behind and we got to be like, we got to watch 10 <laughs> movies today. <laughs> yes, I can see that too. <laughs> but we did it. And uh, we, they're all relatively short. They're all about an hour and a half each, which is helpful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it will be interesting also. at the end of this month just to kind of wrap up this conversation entirely. Just kidding. Just this part of the conversation to see like how many of these are really horror movies because I do have some on this list that are – Kids movies, <laughs> kids, yeah. kids Halloween movies that I want to rewatch. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, we'll need palate cleansers from all the murder and mayhem. Yeah, I think we're gonna watch some really intense ones, some really scary ones. Let, let me ask you this as well in the realm of horror: of like, what scares you? Everything. <laughs> Death. <laughs> well, I I feel like. And this is true with like non-horror movies as well is you have a hard time, uh, watching movies that really make you have to think about the most awful things in life. Yeah. And there are some, especially I think modern horror movies that, especially if they're doing some sort of social commentary or, or satire or also now with like, Halloween is 42 years old at this time. So everything that's built on that legacy, right. like you've got to top the scares, you got to top the gore, you know, things just get grosser and grosser. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're, there's more leeway of what you can depict now. Yeah. Probably. So like how much gore do you like? You prefer it to be cartoonish, you know? Right. Uh, and, I think I do. Like when I think of a horror film, I think of like a popcorn film that I can be scared by, but also laugh at because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So that's why it probably slasher films are what I'm thinking of. And they're best uh, shared with other people. Right. Right. I think so. I mean, that's how, just to give a little bit of history, when I was a kid, horror was my favorite genre. <laughs> it really was. I That's watched, really surprising to it's me. It's surprising to me too because that is not the truth of me as an adult at all. But like I – we because of sleepovers because I would go to a sleepover every weekend and we'd each bring our blockbuster videotape and like – who brought the scariest movie, you know? Yeah. Also, why were our parents letting us rent these tape, these movies is a, is a whole other. How old were you? I have like a, we need to have a therapy podcast where we talk about this. <laughs> Hasn't this been that the entire time? <laughs> 
When the first time that I saw, do we want to get into this part now? Sure. Okay. The first time that I saw, well, let's talk about Nightmare on Elm Street first, I guess. That's the first one we watched. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I saw Nightmare on Elm Street, I think I was eight years old. I was really trying that is, to remember. That's like fourth grade, right? Third grade. That is inappropriate. That is not cool. Because I remember in the fourth grade being on the playground and thinking, one, two, Freddy's coming for you in the middle of the day and thinking like, I could die tonight. <laughs> Were you traumatized by I it? I was. I was. Like, I remember at night, at the night, at the nighttime, at nighttime, I'd be like, I can't fall asleep. I can't right. fall asleep. I have, that's probably the first time I remember being really scared in my life. I think it also has some good laughs in it as well, too. It does. You know, like, I don't think it's jokey or meta necessarily, you know, but I, I think Wes Craven kind of directs it with a good sense of fun, you yes. know? And so I feel like the horror is counterbalanced with some lightness as, as well, you know? Yeah. It's made with good humor. Yeah. As a little kid, did you pick up on that or did you just pick up on the horrible aspects? No, of it? just on, just on the horrible aspects. <laughs> also, like the, I mean, the sequels, I think I've seen all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets at some point in my life. Cause I was a big fan. <laughs> Cause it terrified me, but. Yeah, all the sequels become much more ridiculous, like funnier. Yeah. The first one is legitimately scary, and the others are just like shock scares, not like building tension, I don't think. i definitely seen the first three, um, and none of them, I think, since they were out in the mid-'80s. Uh but my memory is that Freddy gets like more like wisecracks. Yes, in, he speaks like, more. Yeah, he's all about the one-liners. Yes, exactly. He's like, the Ar- he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in all of his movies at the time. But Wes Craven had nothing to do with any of the sequels until he made Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which you've you have not seen. I think I have. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, that's the film one, right? So that's the yeah, totally meta that. one where they're all playing themselves yeah. as well as the characters. Yeah. Right. It's I've n- I've not seen that. Um. Actually, the one I haven't seen is Freddy versus Jason. Okay. That's the one I haven't seen. Um, yeah, I think I saw this on VHS. Mm-hmm. The movie came out in 84. I probably saw it with my friend Toby in 1985 uh, at, in a sleepover situation. I remember thinking it was really good and scary, but then just never revisited it. I think I've seen two more than any other because when it came out, my friend's uh, worked as ushers at a movie theater and they oh, could get funny. me in for free. So I think I saw two, like three or four times there. That's and I think so I remember funny. seeing three on home video, but then I've never really just, I've never sought them out since then. And I think my sense was the whole series was getting schlockier. Yeah. And I think it probably, and I think it was not probably was definitely was the second one is kind of dumb because he shows up at a party and like all these kids at this party see him at the same time. And I think one of the things that's so cool about the original, and I, ho- I hope I'm remembering that correctly because it's been a while, but the the original is that they all realize that they're having nightmares with him, but none of them are in each other's nightmares, right? Right, right. So it's like it's not like they can help each other or run from him together. Yeah. This is the one movie that actually has an overt supernatural element to it, which I don't even know if the logic of it even makes sense, right? Like, yeah. Freddy exists in your dreams, but in the end, she brings him out of the dream and into reality. Yeah. But then there's a, it was it all the dream ending, or was right. it, you know? I think that all three of these films, 
No, maybe maybe Friday the Thirteenth and and Freddy specifically have really trick endings in a way that makes you question what reality is. Yeah, and I don't. I, I bet in that an unfair was, way. I think that was probably really cool at the time. That's that's kind of what you were talking about earlier, where right? maybe this was the first type of movie to do that. Uh, Carrie in nineteen seventy six had one oh. of the had a double clutch. Uh, was it a dream ending? Maybe so. Maybe they were ripping that off, or I don't know. Maybe I, it was the style. And what I read on Friday the Thirteenth, they were overtly trying to rip off the Carrie ending. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't love it. I don't buy it. Yeah. But it's still like it is. It's again, it's nostalgic. So it's like I'm cool with it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's fun as cinema if you're trying to think about it as a story that right. like makes sense. You know, neither of those. Halloween has the best ending of the three. Yeah, I agree. I think even though it's a, it's also a cliffhanger, ambiguous ending, but it's it's one of those good ambiguous endings. I, I think. agree. Yeah. Um. Well, I think we'll go – since we're doing three movies, we'll just talk about each of them a little separately and then we'll go through them a little more chronologically with some Carla's quotes. Okay. <laughs> so what are we talking about next? Friday the 13th? Friday the 13th. I have to admit I had never seen a single Friday the 13th movie. Which is shocking to me. I am a 51-year-old American <laughs> dude. But you can still play 40. I can still play 40, Hollywood. <laughs> I'm graying at the temples, but so are many 40-year-olds. Um, yes, I want, I want that to be clear for the, the many casting people that listen to this podcast. Um, yeah, I lived through the entire 1980s and uh, had never seen a Friday the 13th. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, over at somebody's house, you know. Uh, at a party, maybe one of them was on in the background, you know, but also like I am a cult pop culture sponge, you know, so I feel like I know a fair amount about it. Yeah. But had actually never sat down and watched one of the movies from beginning to end. And, um, we are spoiling the shit out of all of these movies, by the way. I don't feel bad. They're really old. Yes. Yes. Um, Friday the 13th, the first movie is not very good. <laughs> that was my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, I think same situation. Like I saw Friday the 13th at a sleepover when I was like eight or nine or 10. <laughs> yeah. But I don't even know that I saw the Friday because I've seen a lot of the Friday the 13th as well. I don't even know that I saw them in order necessarily. So I do remember like maybe when I was in high school, like going back and watching the first one and realizing like, oh, he's not even really in – Jason isn't really even in the first one. Well, here's what everybody knows about Friday the 13th, right? There's a killer named Jason. He wears a hockey mask and he has a machete. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. That's what everybody knows. Uh, uh, Jason is not the killer in Friday the 13th. Right. One. Uh, he's maybe not alive, though maybe he is. It's not totally clear. It's not totally clear. We never see him. Right. He certainly does not have a well, hockey mask. We see him mask. when he jumps into the boat at the end. Yes. Um, which, what is that? And <laughs> apparently the hockey mask is not acquired until Friday the 13th part three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I think again, because I know stuff in pop culture, I think I had heard about the twist ending of, of Friday the 13th before, which spoilers, it's his mom. <laughs> which is really cool though. I mean, if you didn't yeah. know that, I can see why that would have made this successful. Yeah. I, I think. 
Part of my problem with it is the it's the first time we see the characters the last 15 minutes. Had she been a presence right. throughout the movie, you know, and then is revealed to actually have been the killer, like that would have been a lot more satisfying as a twist. But it's like it's a real like deus ex machina ending of like this random character comes in. Yeah. It also happens to be the killer. And there, there's this elaborate backstory that we aren't even teased about that much. We haven't been filled in. Right. She's the one who tells us about the backstory. So right. I just think script wise, it's not very well presented. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you. I did on the rewatch. I did not think it was well executed in the way that I had remembered it being. Though to be fair to the movie, I think something happened. I, we, uh, we joined AMC plus for the week, uh, free trial, which I'll probably forget to cancel and we'll end up paying for it. But, uh, <laughs> The good thing is all the streaming channels like have hella Halloween movies yeah. all month, you right. know, which is great. So a lot of the things we wanted to watch were on AMC. I think what they uploaded was their TV edit because did you notice that yes, there were ad I breaks? Did notice that. There were ad breaks throughout. I mean, we didn't actually have to watch ads, but they were awkward cuts. Yeah. And I also felt like the kills were abbreviated, right? That's totally possible. Yeah. So I may not have seen the full because it did not feel like they were that gory, and also it felt like they were cutting away from the kills pretty oh, quickly. I wish you would have said this before. We could have looked at it for it. <laughs> well, I I did kind of like investigate like the running length and everything, and yeah. it looked like the version we watched was about two minutes shorter than what it should be. So okay. I think I bet you're right. Yeah. I think we watched a version with a little bit cut out. Now does, that is, gory, does not. That does not excuse the shitty acting right? You know, or shitty script, you know. But, you know, the one thing that you kind of want to get at it is like, uh, do people get killed real good? Yeah. It, you know? Yeah, they do. Um, and I feel like not in the version that I, I saw. So I think also we – Also, like when it's revealed that it's the mom <laughs> and she can like barely fight the <laughs> the teenage girl – you're just like, how did she pick up these bodies and throw them through a window? And like, I don't know. There's just a, a lot, lot of questions. Of, like when you see Michael Myers, you're like, yes, this, this is a monster who can do anything physically. Yeah. And that's not to say that a woman couldn't everybody back off. I'm just saying that like, at least pretend like she's been, you know, working out. Yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy the performance of Betsy Palmer as the as Mrs. Voorhees. Like I thought she yeah. was she was good. Killer mommy, killer, killer mommy, <laughs> killer. Here's something I learned, which is Jason's theme. The composer thought of it as Jason trying to say "kill, kill, kill, mom, mom, mom." Oh, I knew it was "kill, kill, kill," but I didn't know that it was "mom, mom, mom" or "mother, mother, mother." Interesting. So that's where it comes from. It's because uh, it sounds like "kill." Yeah. Um, and that's probably the most iconic thing that's in the first Friday the 13th, right? Yeah. That they, they kept for later. That's still oh, pretty Oh, and the lake. I mean, the the boy coming out of the lake is really iconic. Yeah. Um, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so Halloween, that's another, like, franchise with, like, at least ten movies. I have seen one Halloween movie, and this is it, the first one, Halloween. I had never seen this movie. Had you seen any Halloweens? I have seen, yes, of like maybe six, six or seven years ago on Halloween night. I watched some of it on, not the original, some of the sequels on, yes, probably AMC. 
and I was complaining the whole time about commercial breaks. So I stopped watching it. <laughs> but I, this is just one that I just missed when I was a kid. Like we just didn't watch this. I don't know why. Yeah. It just wasn't. I knew who, I knew who Michael Myers was, but it wasn't something that was in my wheelhouse. Right. The guy from the love guru. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did not watch Halloween as a teenager or as a 20 something. I think I watched it for the first time sometime in the last 10 or 15 years, maybe. And, yeah. uh, thought it was really good. And this is the second time I'd, I'd seen it, wow. you know. Um, it's interesting compared just because you, you can see how influential it has been. Yeah. Um, and certainly the other two movies that we watched lifted quite a bit from Halloween. I think John Carpenter, who made Halloween, certainly lifted a bit from Psycho as well. Right. Like there's overt psycho homages, like casting Janet Lee's daughter, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. But then also uh, the doctor is Sam Loomis, which is the name of Marion's lover. And then his nurse is named Marion. Oh, how funny. Uh, so there's all these l- like little little homages there. But so first time seeing Halloween, what would you think? Um, I – okay. Here's, here's what I thought. <laughs> I liked it, but I was a little bored. And I don't think that it's the movie's fault. I think that it's because I'm conditioned to more killing in a yes. slasher movie. Yeah. The second, I mean, there's a kill in the cold open, yeah. right? The second kill is 55 minutes in yeah. to a 95 minute movie. And it felt that way. Yeah. It was kind of like, all it, right, what are we doing? <laughs> Just following these kids around. It's a lot of setup, but I think John Carpenter is the best filmmaker of the three movies that we watch. So like, it's probably made with the most skill. Of any of these, though Wes Craven, I think is a is a terrific director. Yeah, I was well. going to say I don't know that that's true, but I would say that of these three movies, Halloween is the best film. I would say of these three movies, the most enjoyable, rewatchable film for me is Nightmare on Elm Street. I agree. I agree with that. You do. As well. Yeah. I just think that's Halloween. Amazing. Halloween is an important movie to watch in the genetic chain of movies. Yes, I can see you that. Know? Yeah. And and honestly, like, I mean, I really, I've already forgotten her. Nancy is in Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah. Um, but I really did become attached to Jamie Lee Curtis's character too. What's her name? Lori. Lori, yeah. yeah. And I thought she was really great. So when I say that I was bored, I don't, I don't know that I was necessarily bored. I was just like, there could be maybe a little more action here. Interesting that each of the movies has one young star who went on to become super famous, and then. Not a lot of other yeah. people who had major careers after that. So you have Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street. You have Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. You have Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. In Friday the 13th. Yeah. That's that's a dead link in the Kevin Bacon game, though. The thing with Friday the 13th, though, is that maybe out of all three films, it feels the most like late 70s, early 80s. I mean, they all do to a certain extent, but like. That kind of that aesthetic is, you know, like uh, like hip huggers and crop shirts on yeah. the girl, and like longer hair with the boys, and I don't know. So there's something really fun about the aesthetic to to Friday the Thirteenth that I don't think you get necessarily in the other ones. I mean, it took the Halloween setup and like honed it and t- took it further. I mean, certainly a sleepaway camp is a great setting for a horror movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The isolation, the lake, the cabins, you know, the also, darkness. Also, it's something that kids know and have experienced 
and it's, it's a, such a specific thing with kids that like being a kid and watching that and then being like, holy crap, this could happen when I go to Girl Scout camp this summer, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> was really fun. The interesting thing about Halloween is there's only one boyfriend too, and he's not a major part of the movie, you yeah. know, like you you expect equal amounts of girls and boys, you know, horny teenagers who get picked off one by one, you know. Uh, it's something that's kind of interesting about Halloween, you know, like the hero, the heroine is kind of virginal, you know, yeah. she doesn't have a boyfriend. She's not trying to get with any boy. There's no boy trying to get with her, you know? Well, yeah. Except for the guy that her friend's trying to set her up with for yeah. the dance the next night. Right. Who you never see. You also never see Paul. There's a lot of talk about Paul. I think that's John Carpenter's voice, by the way. Over really? The phone. Yeah. Annie's boyfriend. You never see him and you're like, <laughs> oh man, poor Paul. It's not a good night for Paul. I mean, it could be worse. He could be there, I guess. So Halloween is certainly made at a different pace than we're accustomed to yeah. slasher or horror movies being made now. That being said, last 15 minutes? Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And like truly impressive camera. I mean, again, like I'm not – you're better at talking about this technical stuff, I suppose. But like the camera setups were really interesting the way that – Michael would emerge like in the background of a shot. Yeah. Was really terrifying. Yes. <laughs> of the three villains, and certainly like this version of Friday the 13th doesn't give Jason, you know, his full power. Yeah. Um, Michael Myers is the scariest to me. I don't know. Freddy Krueger is scarier to you? Well, knowing that Michael Myers like just keeps getting up even after he gets shot, I guess I don't know. Freddy Krueger's face is pretty terrifying. Yeah. I mean, Michael Myers is too, but he's wearing a mask. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Also, everybody's got to sleep. <laughs> well, I mean, that that is a, a killer, uh, pun intended, uh, central <laughs> hook to Nightmare on Elm Street, which is the old like, uh, if you die in your dreams, do you die in your sleep? Yeah. You know. Thing, do you die in real life? That was something I wanted to say, which is the like on paper, just the premise or the pitch of my or on Elm Street is so intriguing. I think. Yes, it's a great premise, and it's like something as an adult I can still relate to. Whereas the other two, like like Halloween, is like you're babysitting. It's like that old scare of like you're yes. ba- you're in charge. You're the person in charge. Can you protect the kids? Yeah. Like I don't have kids, so whatever. I don't think about that. <laughs> And I don't go to camp anymore, but like I go to sleep every night and I still get scared and have nightmares. That's a good point. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a sucker for dream logic movies too. You know, it's, it's something that I like a lot. And I think like that, like getting stuck in the stairs, trying to go up oh, and so everything, good. like all those little details. Getting are, pulled through the tub. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, that scene where she's in the tub and his hand, his, his, what are they called? Knives come up. Yeah. Finger knives. His finger knives come up through her legs. It's just like, what is happening? This yeah. is terrifying. Or the, uh, Freddie peeking through the, uh, the spandex and the ceiling. Yes. That, I mean, that's an incredible shot. Yeah. Well, let's go chronologically through all three movies with a segment that we like to call. Carla's quotes. She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's quotes. One thing I also liked about Nightmare on Elm Street is they get to the goods right away. Yeah. Like in terms of like, and also Friday the 13th has a lot of setup, you know, and Halloween, as you said, like a lot of setup though. 
I mean, the first hour, there is a lot of like, oh, there's Michael in the background. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody exactly. sees him. You know, there's some good stuff right. there. But Nightmare on Elm Street opening sequence, you see Freddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't see him fully, but of like he's in there, yeah. you know, and it kind of like it gets to the premise right away. And then you've got right after that, you've got the chanting little kids. So yeah. in terms of. Uh, delivering the goods in a modern way, Nightmare on Elm Street does it better than the other two. Yeah, and the other two do both open with killings, but it's just you don't really understand who's killing them yeah. or what's going on. So in Nightmare, you said, this is scary. They get funnier, but this is scary. <laughs> and then in that opening scene with Freddy, you said, I don't think he says anything in this one. If he says anything, it's – and then he said something at that moment, and you said, it's what he just said. <laughs> In my memory, he didn't say anything in the first one, <laughs> but I was wrong. Uh, so young Johnny Depp, this is literally his first credit. Yeah. And he's pretty good. He's good. Yeah. And he's cute. I like all the actors. I like all the kid actors in this one. Um, yeah. At one point, his character says, works for me. And Carla said, yeah, it does. <laughs> And then there was, they said, uh, they say it gets really weird right before an earthquake. And Carla said, relevant. <laughs> We've lived through a couple of earthquakes this summer. Yeah. Uh, unless I'm wrong, Elm Street never says where it's set. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it does. Though earthquake would kind of tip it off of being West Coast, if not California. I mean, it absolutely looks like California. Yes. Uh but I think – I mean, it's all clearly shot to me in L.A. Yeah. Though a little more on the residential side streets of yeah. Hollywood, you know. I so I think – but I think they're going for a small town vibe. Yeah. You know, which is kind of interesting because then Halloween also shot in L.A., but overtly they're saying it's Illinois. Oh, that's funny. But I think Halloween did a better job of hiding the palm trees. Yeah. Well, Nightmare on Elm Street just feels like every town USA yeah. kind of vibe. Uh, I also love that bit that Johnny Depp does calling his mom with the effects, sound effects tape. Yes. You know, I think Toby had that giant boom box, oh that gosh. exact one, by the way. Uh, I mean, Freddie's finger knives are pretty fucking terrifying. Terrifying, right? That was such a, like a big deal if you got that around Halloween. <laughs> When I was a kid, if somebody got the knives, you know, bought it from sure. a, as a costume is what I'm trying to say. Do you remember uh, a rumor that the guy who was playing Freddy Krueger on Hollywood Boulevard on the Walk of Fame had like slashed somebody with his knives? No. I think it's an urban myth, but I think in the time I've lived in, you know, the Hollywood area for 18 years now, I think there's been a couple times where like somebody's like told me that in earnest and that there's no documentation of anything. Like <laughs> you think like it would get out there right. uh, a little bit. Um, yeah. The, to I, I thought there were some good laughs in yeah, nightmare I did too. Uh, as well. Like, again, it's not quite as meta as scream is, but like the tone has a similar vibe to it. Um, <laughs> It almost seems in the beginning of the movie that Tina, the uh, the blonde girl, is going to be the lead. Yeah. Right? And not Nancy. You know, so that's a little bit of a switcheroo, right? I love that. I think that's so fun. Um, yeah. She gets killed, of course, having sex like all teens do. Uh, she was kind of like a rod, right, is the asshole guy that she yeah. uh, doesn't want to get with. And then Carla said, all of a sudden, Tina's into it for no reason. Like, I hate that guy, but I'm going to fuck him in my mom's bed. <laughs> Um, what was God damn it, Glenn? 
<laughs> that was Nancy. She kept telling Johnny Depp, God damn it, Gwen. God damn it, Gwen. And then Carla said, ha, 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 this is so much fun. <laughs> it was. It makes me so happy to rewatch movies as an adult that I loved as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> the mom, by the way, is Ronnie Blakely, who is uh, from Nashville. Right. She's the Loretta Lynn you know, stand-in in, in that movie. Uh, Heather Langenkamp, who is uh, the lead, Nancy, is really good. I think I she's think. great. She should have had more of a career. Yeah. She's re- revised that character a few times in the yeah. sequels. Uh, but Revived. She, she really kind of carries the the movie, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think she's really good. And she's young. She's anyways. Yeah, I think she actually she was maybe 18 or 19 when they yeah. when they made that. Yeah. Uh how weird that there's a cherry orchard poster. So weird. <laughs> Little checkoff homage. Yeah, I was like, what is he trying to tell us? I mean, it's a giant poster right behind her in the classroom. Which by the way, we have to talk about this scene. Because okay. this is my favorite scene in the movie. When Nancy falls asleep in her class and all of a sudden the guy who was giving the speech is talking really weird, giving his speech. And she looks up and Tina is in the body bag. And then she follows her down the hallway and the body bag from down the hall is getting dragged by no, by nobody. Yeah. It is so creepy and terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's funny. Like a second later when she, Bumps into the Hulk Pass girl who's wearing a Freddy That's right. sweatshirt. Yeah. That's She's so like, where's good. your Hall Pass? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, the kind of sense of humor that I was talking yeah, about. It's yeah, it's such a great sequence. Yeah, it's really well done. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> nice work, Glenn, you ducking asshole. That must be autocorrect. You could not have said ducking. <laughs> Um, then they go to the Katya Institute for Sleep Disorders. Carla said, look at that nurse's hairstyle. She looks like she's supposed to be in a <laughs> a video. Do you know who the doctor video. was at the sleep clinic? No. It's Charles Fleischer, best known as Roger Rabbit. Really? He's the voice of Roger Rabbit. How crazy is that? Uh, yeah, Carla said, doesn't it seem like this is a music video from the 80s and the nurse is about to sing? <laughs> So the backstory is Freddy was a child murderer who killed, no, but not a molester. Not a molester. They make that clear. Yeah. Child murderer who killed 20 kids in the neighborhood. He got off on a technicality. Then all the parents killed yeah. him. Yeah. But she kept his glove. The mom, Nancy's mom, kept his glove in their basement. Okay. I have problems with this too. <laughs> but – it does kind of show you, like, maybe it's just better if you don't have an explanation for yeah. why these things are happening. However, it's certainly not, I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm not going to defend it. I have I have no good argument. <laughs> it's not a great backstory. I was also really bumped by the parents went to kill him. So does that mean that Nancy was already alive? So was she, like, a little girl yeah, when this know. happened? But like it does explain why the mom's an alcoholic and why the pa- like you ha- it does kind of give this other 
backstory to the parents of why they yeah. are broken up. I don't know that the weight of that is fully explored. Yeah. No, though. you're right. You're right. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to stop trying to defend it. <laughs> and also, yes, I know that I haven't seen most of the uh, the movies in any of these series, but I do know that these series have also constantly retconned themselves yeah. throughout, you know, erasing the backstory and, and creating it from scratch. Well, yeah, because a few movies later, Freddie has a a daughter <laughs> and i think like yeah he has he has a daughter at one point yeah and maybe a sister no that's that's halloween right doesn't jamie lee curtis end up being his sister or something or no well michael kills his sister at the beginning i know oh i don't remember no i don't know i'm probably making it up <laughs> don't yell at me twitter i don't I'm not up for it <laughs> At one point, we see Glenn's parents, and you said, not a totally necessary scene, but world building. Is that what they call it? <laughs> I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. That's pretty <laughs> scary. Um, yeah. I mean, kind of the sexual subtext of Freddy, I think that got grosser in subsequent movies, too, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, when Johnny Depp gets sucked through his bed. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's horrible. That's a lot of blood. <laughs> Carla said that's a lot of blood for one body. <laughs> and then the EMTs are like, you don't need a gurney. You need a mop. <laughs> Interesting that most of this movie, he's called Fred, Fred Krueger. Oh. And then she starts calling him Freddy, like to taunt him at, at the end, oh. which is kind of interesting. I love that you noticed that. Um. She sings the Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep prayer. Carla said, such a creepy fucking thing that I used to say every night before I went to bed. <laughs> and then the kind of double clutch ending. Yeah. But it's good. It's a it's it, fun. It doesn't make any sense, but it's a fun as a shock right. ending, right? So Friday the 13th, directed by Sean S. Cunningham. Not on the same level as Wes Craven. And oh, poor Sean. <laughs> no need to go after Sean, Craig. He didn't ask to get compared to these other two films. <laughs> uh, I'm not seeing a lot of Carlos quotes for Friday the 13th. I did fall asleep at one point. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of boring for, for a few minutes and then yeah. I woke up. I did like, uh, I forget how they refer to him. Is it Crazy Ralph? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Creepy Ralph. Yeah. The the one guy in the town. I to be fair to Friday the thirteenth, like it's self aware to a certain point too. Like right. there are performances particularly by the adults, like the cops and the adults that are the not truck driver. That are a little uh striving for comedy. Like yeah. they're not funny because they're bad, like the it's knowingly winking a little bit. There's a bit. tone. There is a tone, yeah. Um <laughs> This is early in one of the killings in Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th Carla said, you get to die, bitch. <laughs> and you said, I like to say that, I guess, because I said it last night, too. <laughs> so clearly, like, you're working something out. You might have said it during Halloween, too. <laughs> what so, can I be working out? I don't know. But all three movies made you say, you're going to die, bitch. <laughs> uh how is Kevin Bacon in this movie? Do you think uh, he looks like a future star? Not necessarily. Yeah. And that's not to say he's bad. Yeah. I don't I don't think he's bad in it, actually. Did I like the actors in this one? I think I liked the actors in this one. Yeah, they're not great. There's, I, it's a wide range, I would say. Yeah. I liked the one girl 
who who's the one like let's do she's like super guy pushing for the first strip monopoly yeah she's super like level-headed and and doesn't seem skeezy at all the whole time and then all of a sudden she's like let's play monopoly and strip (laughs) (laughs) but i thought she was a good actress i don't know yeah i didn't think tina necessarily i don't know i don't want to I'm not in the mood to give anybody a hard time. <laughs> Life is tough. <laughs> COVID has made you kinder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Friday the 13th has all the, the, the counselors who are, there's a lot of like just playing practical jokes and guys being dicks and yeah, everything. Like yeah. the guy who pretends to drown. Oh yeah. Uh, Carla said, what a dickhead. Reggie. Was his name Reggie? Maybe. Something like that. Uh, Carla said, Jesus, what's wrong with these kids? Oh, this is when they're trying to kill the snake and they totally destroy the cabin. <laughs> and then they do cut a snake in half with a machete. And Carla said, well, that's real. That was totally real. It looks real. This is 1980, right? When people didn't care if animals got hurt. <laughs> yeah. Upset. People are chopping up snakes left and right back in the 80s. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm, I'm being serious. Like, were there, were there? No, rules? I mean, the ASPCA should have been monitoring even back then, but I think because it's an indie, they could get away with it, maybe. Ugh, it's clear. Certainly they not on a studio movie. This snake in the middle of this shot. I mean, if it's fake, it's damn good. Now, how fucked up is it that I'm really upset about a snake, but I'm like, you're going to die, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> That's not cool. Um,. I do like the cop who shows up and he's like, you kids with the grass, the hash, the weed. <laughs> it was so weird. I loved that scene. And, and Kevin Bacon's just trying to like uh, check out his motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> and Carla said, you'd love to play that part. Yes. That's your part in this movie. Who would I play? <laughs> Jason's mom. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh <laughs> At one point, one of the characters says, what's next? And Carla said, that's now how I feel every day, lady. <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote my first Jason movie, Where's the Hockey Mask? Yeah. This movie made 78 times its budget. I mean, Ooh, like, it's yeah. no wonder. Holy. Yeah. And this is probably going to be a common theme of many of these horror movies that we cover of, like, that's why it's still so you know, big as a genre is you can make them for little and right. they, you know, they make back exponentially more. Um, yeah. Mrs. Voorhees is, uh, chasing around the final girl. Carla said, how are there no knives there? Yeah. She's like in the kitchen and she, she yeah. can't, she's not even looking for a knife. Pretty good decapitation though. Yeah. I, yeah. We saw that. Yeah. That was not cut out. Right. And then kind of the double fake ending, like she's out on the lake in the canoe. Uh, but then Jason or his ghost or a sea creature or something pops out of the lake. Yeah. And then she wakes up in the hospital. But did that really happen or not? Mm-hmm. We don't know. All right. Halloween. Phew. Halloween. Creepy pumpkin in the credits. Yeah. Pretty great. John Carpenter, by the way, does the scores for all of his movies. Oh, cool. Too. Um. I, I assume a lot of you are familiar with the uh, – you must remember this podcast that Karina Longworth does. If not, check it out. It's a fantastic podcast on Hollywood history. But she did a series this, that we both listened to uh, this summer on Polly Platt, 
mm-hmm. who had been Peter Bogdanovich's wife and was just an important figure in movies. Well, there's another important woman, Deborah Hill, who was John Carpenter's girlfriend. She co-wrote this script. She produced all of his movies throughout the 80s. She produced other movies like Clue. Uh, and she died young also. She died of cancer when she was 55. Okay. Uh, but she she wrote co-wrote four movies with John Carpenter. I would be interested in hearing a podcast on her too because yeah. she's another very influential woman in Hollywood at a time where women were just not allowed to direct. Interesting. So credit to Deborah Hill on uh, on Halloween. Um love the the POV opening through yeah. uh through Michael's eyes. Oh, the reason I brought up Deborah Hill because you pointed out at one point Michael reaches down to pick up something, a toy on the ground. And there's this clown arm. And Carla said, um, was that a clown hand? (laughs) (laughs) And later when we reveal Michael, it, because it's Halloween, he's a kid in a clown clown suit, but that was Deborah Hill's hand that reached in, which is maybe because it's a feminine hand. Maybe that's part of what. It just looked crazy to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's he's kind of stalking this couple, his sister and her boyfriend, and then they go upstairs, and then like right, presumably to have sex, and then right away the guy is downstairs. And Carla said they already fucked some real teenage sex happening. <laughs> uh, when she's killed, Carla said felt like she was climaxing. It did. It sounded like she was having an orgasm when she was being stabbed. That can't be accidental though, because the the confluence of sex and murder yeah. is just is a trope. Right. Right. Throughout these movies. Um, Another guy that got away, though. Good for that guy for running out to get beer. Yeah. Uh, And when we see that it's a six-year-old child, Carla said, Michael, what the fuck's wrong with you, Michael? (laughs) (laughs) The one kind of known actor in this movie at the time was Donald Pleasance, who is the doctor, Dr. Loomis. He's good. He is good. He's a good actor. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Though he has some ridiculous dialogue too, but he he has kind of a he pulls a, a, it off. Yeah, he I does. think, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. And there's a thing with a bar called the Rabbit in Red, right? Or was it a restaurant? I didn't understand that at all. I'm not totally sure. I think that's how he knows it's Michael later because there's a matchbook from the Rabbit in Red later. But Carla sang, "The Rabbit in Red is dancing <laughs> with me." <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis and her friends, by the way. Jamie Lee Curtis was 19 when she made this, though she looks 40. I thought she looked so much older. And her two girlfriends were in their late 20s. I was going to say, they looked so much older. Yeah. And I get it because you need, you know, uh, you need to be 18 to work a full day, first of all. To show your boobies. To show your boobies. (laughs) You need to be 18 to A, show your boobies, B, work a full day. (laughs) (laughs) C, vote. By the way, guys, get out there and vote. Yes, please. Um, but yeah, it's – you'd think that because Jamie Lee Curtis looks kind of like older than her years, like you'd think they would maybe cast particularly young-looking girls around her so you really buy that they're right. high school students. But instead, they went the other way of cut, casting two ladies who were pushing 30. I will tell you that I was kind of on my phone for the beginning of this movie. You were bored. And I, I mean, this is the first 10 minutes or so, probably 15 minutes. And I legitimately thought that Jamie Lee Curtis was talking to her son. <laughs> Not, it's just the kid that she babysits. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and so then I was like, when they were at school, I was like, okay, so she's in college. But then they started talking about a dance and I was like, wait, is she high school? In high school? Yeah. 
But that that could be on me. That could be on my attention span. Also, I mean, you just know Jamie Lee Curtis as a mature exactly, actress, yeah. you know. And she didn't look that different when she was yeah. young. I mean, she's beautiful. Yeah. But she just looks more mature. Yeah. Uh, theme song, pretty iconic. Yeah. How That's does it go it. again? Dee, 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 dee. That's a toilet sound. <laughs> How does it go? Well, now you put me in my head. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like on the piano, right? No, that's not right. <laughs> I, it can't be sung. That's you... <laughs> the brilliance about the Halloween theme song is that it can't be sung. No, it can. No, that's psycho. <laughs> but it's so iconic. When you hear it, you're like, that's Michael Myers. Yes. For sure. Are you playing it right now? Yes, I'll play it. Will we get in trouble? I can play up to 15 seconds of it. Okay. Dustin Johnson delivers because he sees... Okay, this is an ad. This is a golf ad. (laughs) What the fuck is that? I just want to hear the song. (laughs) I know what it is. I just can't see it. Yeah, everybody knows what it is. There it is. I have perfect pitch, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got it. Okay. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, it just can't be sung. Um, I think I was doing it. Lindsay, by the way, is one of the kids uh, whose her friend is babysitting. She grew up that actress to be a uh, a real housewife. Oh no, <laughs> that's crazy! Uh, and she's watching uh, Howard Hawks. The Thing uh, is the TV movie, and of course, John Carpenter would direct the remake of The Thing just four years later. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, but this is Carla about, I forget the name of the character who, who dies babysitting Lindsay, but Carla said, Annie, Carla said, why is she friends with this bitch? She's awful. (laughs) She was, she was so rude. Uh, Lori Stroud always talking to herself. Carla said she talks to herself a lot. I get it. (laughs) Um, yeah. When Michael kills the guy, he somehow, uh, sticks a butcher knife through him and attaches him to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Carla and- said, I don't think that's how gravity works. Kind of a cool shot though. It's a very cool shot. Yeah. <laughs> Carla said, Oh no, he gets triggered by breasts. <laughs> oh no. Oh good. She has knitting needles at least. So she does get him with the knitting needles. Yeah. Michael appears out of nowhere in the house. Carla, that's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, there's like three or four great jump scares yeah. toward the end. Like, he cannot be killed. Even the little boy halfway through, like, looking out the window and seeing Michael stand across the street. Yes. Is, oh, even when she sees him in the neighbor's yard. Oh, yeah. You mean earlier in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, both of those where they look out the window and he's just, like, standing there staring at them. Yeah. Ugh. Um. But that scene where she's trying to get in the house, she's trying, she's locked out of the house and then yeah. Michael is walking slowly, you know, yeah. definitely it follows kind of picked up on that idea of just like yes. somebody walking slowly at you the entire time. Like it's way scarier than running, right? Yeah, you know? it is. Cause He's it's just like, like this force that you can't stop. This person is very confident they're going to kill me. They're in no rush. And I could tell that Carla was all in at this point during the final fight. Uh, cause you know, she yelled at Jamie Lee Curtis, don't fucking put the knife on the ground. God damn it. What the fuck? 
Why did she? Uh, that's so frustrating. And I think that that's something that more horror movies address now in a good way. Like there was this whole like scream phase where they would call it out. Like, don't leave the knife behind. Yes. Not that that's exactly what they would say. But now I feel like horror movies don't let that happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the knife gets taken from her or something, but not that she just like sets it on the ground and <laughs> walks away. It feels like more so than any other genre, like it's a genre that's very conscious of its history yeah. and on building on what is before and like paying homage, but also constantly kind of like fixing and adjusting things to new eras. Yeah, you know? I think that's exactly right. Um, yeah, I think, you know, for somebody who hasn't explored, uh, I mean, and certainly I've seen all the big iconic ones and now I've can cross Friday the 13th off my list yeah. as well. But I'm just not somebody who's going to like, Hey, I'm going to watch part eight of, you know, final destination or whatever, <laughs> you know, uh, like there are people who just like love a genre and that they're just all in on everything. Yeah. And I'm somebody who kind of like samples the highlights of different genres, uh, a little more, but I think historically, like it probably just, it gets ghettoized and doesn't get enough credit for mm. how how much innovation has been done within the genre and how many great filmmakers have like either gotten their start in it or or switched over to it for for a while you know yeah. i mean getting getting scared is just like one of those primeval human things you know yeah. and it's it's an important thing to have in our entertainment right mm-hmm. all right carla you want to give some letter grades to these movies? Um, I'm going to give Nightmare on Elm Street an A minus. Okay. I'm going to give Friday the 13th a C plus. Okay. And I'll give Halloween a B plus. I am the same, what? except I'm going to give Friday the 13th a C minus. Okay. So A minus to Nightmare, B plus to Halloween, C minus to Friday the 13th. That's kind of compared against all movies, I think. Within the horror canon, I would say that Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street are probably A's yeah. just within the canon. But in terms of just like my my standard for a movie yeah. in 2020, that's the letter grades I would give them. That's awesome. Um, you want to do a little khaki theater? Sure. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who do you want? Who do you want to play? Oh, I thought you, you usually cast it. And then we start because I don't do anything. What do you want to be, Lori from from Halloween? Sure. Then, okay. Um, she's on a uh, a blind date. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, sorry, I got really high before, so <sighs> I'm nervous. Oh, you smoke pot. Yeah, I had this really upsetting experience recently where all my friends were murdered. Ah, oh, been there, done that. And, um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm trying to like, you know, still push myself into new situations like this date, but, you know, making sure that I, that I'm relaxed. Can I uh, cut your steak for you? Oh, that would be great. Thank you so much. Wow. Just have these handy knives on my fingers. Oh, is that what those are? I thought those were fingernails. Finger knives. Oh, good. Because I do not like a man with long fingernails, but finger knives is a different story. It's a little hot in here, but uh, I hope you don't mind that I keep this sweater on. How old do I look to you? Oh, that's a trick question. Is huh? it? I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty cool question to ask somebody in a first date. Um, 
How old do you look? How do I? How old do you? People often think I'm older than I actually am. I'd have to see you around a couple girlfriends to have an idea. Oh, okay. No, no problem. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pressure you. <clears throat> your skin is falling off your face a little bit. Oh, sorry. It, it does that. Uh, how old do I look, by the way? Um, I'd give you like a 40, 40 year old guy. Thank you. <laughs> you could play 30, though. Well, I'm not an actor, and we're nowhere near Hollywood. I'm sorry. Do you hear that? Someone, Someone's saying, gonna die, bitch. Huh. I'm hearing, ke, 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 ma, ma, ma. Oh, is that what you're hearing? That's what I'm hearing. I always thought it was, ke, 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 ha, ha, ha. Where was the waiter, by the way? <laughs> you know what? I, I think this is a dream. Oh, oh my gosh. I really did get too high before. I think you've fallen asleep and this is a dream. And I'm going to kill you, bitch. <laughs> wait, wait. Me? <laughs> You're going to kill me? Sorry, that came out harsher than, than I, I meant it. Because I just like survived this whole traumatic experience. I, I know. Also, I, know. I can't date a man who calls me a bitch. I know. Like I know. That was not cool. That was not cool. Was not cool. <laughs> I apologize. Ah, and the peaceful sound of uh, of a flock of birds. Peaceful sound of a flock of birds. Geese, geese flying south for the winter. Carla, how's it feel to be back? Great. I'm looking forward to watching more movies. <laughs> I really am. So, do we know what we're doing next? We're kind of we do have like a short list of movies that we're hoping to cover. We you know, we're going to cover 31 movies in 31 days. If you guys have any suggestions, oh yeah, tweet them at us. Tweet them at us. Probably they're things that we've thought of already, though I think if uh I, what do you want to hear us do is is my question. And if it's something already on our list, it might reinforce something that we were uh, unsure about, or if it's something we hadn't heard of at all, then please bring it to our attention. Yeah, so we're going to be covering this next round is going to be found footage films. Yes, we haven't picked the three yet, though I'm sure Blair Witch will probably be one of those three. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so we'll be covering found footage horror movies And next. then we're going to be doing, um, what were some others? Like ghost movies, vampire movies, zombie movies. And we are, like, you know, covering a wide range, hopefully, of different types of filmmakers and yeah. Yeah. And we're going to do some like the prestige horror movies like Exorcist yeah. and Shining and stuff like that too. Right. So hopefully, I mean, the goal is by the end to have like a nice variety of super scary movies or maybe like funny, scary movies. And yeah. So if you have any opinions about that, please let us know on Craigslist PCAST on Twitter. Uh, Carla, this was fun. It's good to be back. Yeah. And this was all a dream. The list is an absolute good. The list is life.